shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. Righteousness unto righteousness. Teach us your righteousness. Teach us your righteousness. Teach us your righteousness. In the mighty name of Jesus. We have prayed. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Good evening, everyone. God bless you. Thank you for joining tonight, this evening. I trust we are going to be blessed. We are going to still continue Ephesians chapter 4. Uh, we're going to go further in Ephesians chapter 4. There's so much riches. Ephesians is what is a, uh, oh, I call it, in a good way, a terrible book. It was it's a masterpiece of Apostle Paul. The book of Ephesians is a masterpiece of Apostle Paul. He's, Ephesians unearths the riches of Christ. He opens it up, opens up the understanding, the, the, the low, the heights. It, it breaks things open. Uh, and every every chapter in Ephesians. Before I used to think maybe Ephesians chapter one, two, and three were my favorite. That was because that's where I was having understanding. But now I'm not even seeing that. I don't even know chapter four to six. <laughs> as I read them, because I have to do this. As I read them further, I'm like, wow, this is serious. Praise the name of the Lord. It is very serious. Uh, so um, I think Sister Yano, you can help us read. Um, let's start from, we stopped at verse 2. Imagine, we spent two weeks on Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1 and 2. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, there are some, you know, it's like when you're going on the road path, there are some junctions that are very, that you can't just rush it, you can't just zoom past it, you have to spend some time there. That was what we encountered. I was thinking right now, we'll be in Ephesians chapter 6, you get me by, that, no, no, the Bible is too much like that. So we spent the last two weeks in Ephesians chapter 4, just verse 1 and 2. Uh, but by the grace of God, we'll go further today. So you can read from verse 3. Let's go down to, um, to 11 first. Okay. Praise God. Thank you. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. For to each one of us grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Mm. Now this he ascended. What does it mean but that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. And he himself gave some to the apostles, some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. That's eleven. That's eleven. Okay. Praise God. So, you know, if you if that that one to eleven is actually flowing from, um, is flowing from. Is a description of his person. Amen. Uh, the Ephesians one to eleven is a description of his person. It's actually a description of his vocation. Yes, 
is a description of the vocation that is in Christ Jesus. Starting from, so if you want to x-ray the personality of Jesus, starting from lowliness and meekness, as we have heard, as we've been taught, with long-suffering, forbearing one another, then the next step after those personality attributes is unity. By, are you seeing wisdom? God is so wise. God knows that there is no unity without mixed souls. Just by definition, if everyone is proud, there is no unity. Right? Because unity means oneness. So, you know, there is false unity in the sense that, okay, okay, let me go on another false unity. Everybody is proud and has their own agenda. So I now say, okay, let's make compromise and let's be let's work hard to do all our five agendas and unify on the five agendas that's not unity in the spirit but to men it may look as though we are united because we are working together so when people are working together it doesn't mean they are united they are working together because they've come to a compromise that i pick from you i pick from you since we are all proud boys <laughs> we what we want to achieve in life i pick from you i pick from you i pick from you i pick from you and then I join it together, they get me, and I carry it out. And we begin to carry out all the agendas together. So that's what the unity of men look like. And you there appear as though men are united, but not really. True unity is oneness. When souls have journeyed to a one place, eternal life, to a place, to a place of alignment with God, and that you can't get there is a far journey because the oneness is the stature of God. So it's a very far journey to get there. So they began to talk about the lip balls to get there. So even when a soul is meek and low, you still have to endeavor to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. So what they say is you endeavor. Anywhere they use action, action item, it means this is something that you should do. That you need to put a little, you need to put some effort into. Also, so unity, keeping the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace, is an endeavor. <laughs> it means unity doesn't just happen by itself in this realm. Because in this realm, you are still a Christ who is wanting to become an everlasting life. Who's going to journey into the realm of everlasting life? So in the in the realm of Christ, you still there's still the endeavor, hunger, test. There's still an action item. Work out your salvation in fear and trembling. There's still the action item. My little children, who might travail, walk, labor, travail. In Christ, in, in childbirth, till Christ be formed in your action item. The action item is that we labor to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Actually, that is the that is the peak. That's the charity of Christ. It's not easy to do that. That's the charity of Christ. The climax of Christ. The charity of Christ. The labor when a man when the Bible will say do everything to keep peace with all men. Yeah, it's not easy to keep peace with all men. <laughs> there are some cankerous men. <laughs> there are some troublesome men in this world, man. I kid you not. Both men and women. Praise God. And you will know it. Don't, don't lie to yourself. <laughs> you know. 
you know that there are some troublesome brethren in your life. You know that those kind of people that you pray when you want to go and hang out with them. When you have to encounter them, you just have to pray in this Mahashi Palakalabado Pali. You can just help yourself. Uh-huh. To help your heart so that you don't. <laughs> uh, problem. There are souls. Uh, you know, souls, the way Satan did souls, man. And this is. For my mother's womb, I was conceived in sin. The way so Satan carved different manners of souls. Kankakaros. Troublemakers. Problem. They get me a new one among the brethren. So as to be a charity is a high thing. To do a Christ to fullness, you have to labor. It's a labor to endeavor to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. You must try everything not to break the bond of peace. As much as is within your, your power. So it means that you must have tried everything first. Uh-huh. That's what God is saying. Endeavor. You know, keep keeping the peace in the local assembly, keeping the peace among the brethren and lights, among them who are in, in the world of righteousness, growing in Christ. All those things you have to live with. That means you have to exhaust every possibility of peace. You have to exhaust every possibility of peace. It's an endeavor. Is, is, is a labor in the spirit. You know, Christ is a profession. You get me? Christ is a what? Is a profession. Now, whether we like it or not, after work and school, we are still working. Our soul, not our body, sometimes, our souls are still, is still working. Not so. Amen? Sometimes, maybe at the workplace or at school, when they give you an assignment, you have to actually sit down for three hours to do the assignment. Do you get me? The same thing we do when we want to watch a movie. Not so. We actually have to sit down and watch the movie. Or watch those. And you see, many people are giving me testimony. I don't know. Maybe I thought it was only me. When people are giving me testimony, after some time, maybe they watch a show for too long, six hours, they start feeling like tired. Like an old soul. So the guy felt like an old woman. That was all the testimony of myself, my brethren. <laughs> Getting up from the couch. It means that you did work. You did work. Your soul is always working. Your soul, right now you are doing work. Hearing me. Praise God. You are doing some work. Listening to me. You could have been doing something else. But that something else will also be work. If you are watching, please, you are doing work. If you are cooking, you are doing work. If you are watching TV, because nothing is innocent out there anymore, you are also doing work. Do you know the, the, do you know the, the, do you know the movies and shows that kill us the most? The ones where we have our guard is down. Where we think, ah, it's not too bad. Those are the ones that injure us the most. Because what is not too bad, there is a little bit of something in there that is bad. So it means when you say it's not too bad, You've let your guard down. And what that means, whatever that little bad is, has entered your soul. <laughs> because you've let your guard down, you've accepted it. Yeah. So, that's why we are always walking somewhere. We're always doing, and there's always an action in our life. 
except when you are sleeping. Even browsing internet, I browse internet maybe morning, evening, check the news. After a while, I'll now be, I'll now be feeling one kind. This morning, I was browsing internet, you know, so, forgive me. I was, in, I was in service in between when they were doing announcements. <laughs> I was browsing it. I was browsing the internet, so, <laughs> and then you now see all these bad news. You can they are doing protesting, kind of. They now see all these bad news that maybe government wants to now regulate online. You know all those kind of things. And now the thing now make my soul feel somewhat somehow. And I just thought innocently, oh, they are doing announcements. Let me just check my general browse, and they will come back to the service. By the time I came back to the service, I was not the same person. Are you seeing that? <laughs> Something has happened. They get me. So has been tampered. I've done a little bit of work outside service. Even though I was in the service. And then when service, the full, okay, praise and worship, baby dedication, as like you're supposed to be engaged, a little bit of work has been done. So, whatever you find yourself doing, why you're not sleeping, somewhere, a little bit of soul energy, that's what I'm looking for. A little bit of your soul energy has been invested in whatever you are doing. Whether it's TV or watching, you're browsing the internet. When you're studying for school, it's work anyways. When you're working at work, it's work. All of those are different dimensions of work. Praise God. The only difference is that when we're doing work that we don't feel is work, our body feels more relaxed. But it's still work for your soul. Your soul still needs to be attentive to capture what the thing is, the story is saying. It's still work. But Jesus is saying that we have a profession beyond Caesar. Now, so remember, he says, give unto Caesar what belongs to Caesar. God knows, Jesus acknowledges that you have to walk. And Paul confirmed it. He said, if anybody else, the time Paul was going to a church, anybody is not walking out amongst you. <laughs> because, you know, there are some brethren decide to take advantage. He said, brother in love, charity, we must share. Come on, to Zion. So my money is your money. <laughs> so some lazy brethren were taking advantage of it. But the thing was, I do Paul. Paul had to write letter. You get me? You know, it's, it feels like the kind of thing that you write letter that they shouldn't put in the Bible. <laughs> Paul had to write letter. Well, <laughs> it means it was a it was a, it was a common thing. I'm sure it's those cancatoral brethren that are taking advantage of <laughs> Praise God. Oh my God. Amen. I, 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 used, I remember a lot of stories where we were healing his ministry. You know, they used to ha- they house a lot of uh, brethren in their house. As you recently, it's good. It's one for one for you. As a troublesome guy. When the people are taking Milo, you know, they would take it. But he will take off your own spirit to your Milo. Ah, that's it. Ah, okay, well, I'm not saying you should not take Milo. Just take, like everybody is taking. A guy will not be angry. <laughs> not to blast the place. <laughs> ah, but, but, you know, those are people who are taking advantage. They, they, don't, they didn't have to put you in your house, in their house. Then she was angry. That's why later, the, the same brother, trouble, trouble brother, he was not living, okay, now, okay, he was not living somewhere else. But where he was living, there was not enough space. So he now brought his luggage to the house. 
and put it in the, in the second bedroom and people are already sleeping on the bed and there's no space so you don't put it on the bed before sleeping <laughs> and so because they're taking advantage of the charity environment so pull out to right man guys wake up <laughs> you know go if you are not walking so it was a charge praise god so there's a walk there's a profession what am i saying there's a profession in christianity what did i say there's a profession in christianity and what's the profession christ is the vocation in christianity is actually the majority of the work then the finishing of the work or perfection of the work is an everlasting life. And when I mean by majority of work, I mean in terms of volume. It's the voluminous part of the work. Because it would take a lot of labor to get out the sin that the God of this world has invested in us. Amen. It will take a lot of labor of Christ to undo that thing that the enemy did inside of us, in our souls. Praise the name of the Lord. Are we blessed? So it says, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body. You see that there is not one. He's not talking about one. When he said there is one body, it doesn't mean there is one person. There can be six billion people, but it's one body. It means the body has the thing. The body is is like you have one body, but your eyes is different. Your hairs. Who can count the number of your hair? Who can? Do you have ears? You have hands. Five fingers. Ten fingers. All doing things for one body. It means they are all doing things for one purpose to serve one Lord. So when it says there is one body and one spirit, it means the body is for the spirit. Are <laughs> you say that? The body is for the spirit. One body and one spirit. Right now, the spirit is the one officiating the body of Christ. One body and one spirit. You're welcome, my daughter, Latana. You're welcome. There's one body and one spirit. Even as ye are called in one hope of your calling. One hope. What is the hope of your calling? I, jam question. Or your answer. What is the hope of your calling? By now, if you don't know, we have to go back to Ephesians chapter 1. Somebody help me. What is the hope of your calling? Is one who. And it's not heaven. Who can help us? <laughs> you will just peel jam like. <laughs> What is the hope of your calling? Um, is it in, like getting to everlasting life? Like inheriting all of God? Okay, yes, yes, yeah, 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 practically there. It's just, it's one word now, Avi, one word. Eternal life. <laughs> That's all? This is the promise that he has promised us. Even what? Even eternal life. That's it. Amen. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 1. I want to prove this for that. So for anyone who is in doubt. Hebrews chapter 1. 
anyone who is in doubt this is the first thing that you must for you to even for then for you to even know that you have spirit of wisdom the first thing you will use to know that you have spirit of wisdom revelation is that you've now understood the true hope of your calling that's the first thing that will be established in your heart as an evidence that that spirit of wisdom revelation has rested on you why? Because when Ephesians chapter 1 was talking about it, it says, And it shall give you the spirit of wisdom of revelation in the knowledge of him, that the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened, that ye may know the hope of your calling. Now, it means that when anyone who is, you know, the Bible says, He who uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness. It means that anyone who uses, uses milk are not broken into knowledge of Christ. It's not as though you are wrong. Just in ignorance, you are not complete in understanding. And it's not even possible. So if you don't have spirit or wisdom or revelation, it's not possible for you to comprehend the hope of your calling. To rest on it. It's not possible. I, I almost, I want to remember, I remember myself. I just remember myself, just my old self, just glanced by me as I'm saying these words. In 2009, 2009, I was driving to Calgary. Do you think just flashed by me? I was driving to Calgary with a brother. I was a Christian, right? Born again, believe, going to heaven, that, that kind of Christian. I was driving to Calgary with a brother, and I think somewhere in the message, the person mentioned eternal life. This one is eternal life. I was like, what's that? Was like, what's that? <laughs> Even though we heard that word. You know, going there, the hope is eternal life. I'm making. I was like, "What's that? That's that, that's blasphemy. That does not sound right." Is to make heaven. You know that. That and no, nobody can. That state. You know, it was a state of mind of ignorance. And at that place where I was, do you get me? I'm in a good place. Why? Because I don't have enlightenment yet. Do you get me? So, in the absence of enlightenment, look up to heaven. Yes. So don't blame anybody at all. We've all of us have been in that same boat. Look up to heaven. But when light comes, the first thing light will break through. After light is coming to you, light will open that thing up to you. Let you know that the intention of God is to give you his life. Not just to make you get to a new place called heaven. Let's see Hebrews chapter 1. It will prove it there very clearly. Um, Sister Yana, you can help us help, help us read. Um, from what verse? Um, from verse ten. Okay. Yes. And 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 you, Lord, in the beginning laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain, and they will grow old like a garment, like a cloak. You fold them up. And they will be changed. For you are the same, and your years will not fail. Hmm. But that, that's okay. That's okay. So, what will perish? What will perish? The heavens and the earth, as we know it. As we know it. The heavens that you want to make. See, I want to make it. Do you get me? It will perish. Yes. So the way it's almost like you know we, we you want you they, you rent a new place you're coming to a house they now tell you that they are moving out of the house, right? Oh, oh wow! If I can you know how that 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 thing that thing if I can just put one one foot into heaven ah okay, well, 
my life done better. Just one door. If I just enter the door, he gets me. He, I don't know. He gets me. We've been there before. He <laughs> <laughs> uh, will not at least not just my hand. Just he gets me. Just escape in there. That's 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 actually a low thought in the spirit. A very low thought in the spirit. Yes, it's an evidence of of the of a veil still covering. I hope I'm not disturbing anybody's Bible. How how did he say he shall change it? Like a garment. Like a garment. Are you what are you wearing right now? Clothes. So you know how you change your clothes? When you came back from church, what did you do? Change You change your clothes. That's how God can change heaven. This thing is also a fearful thing, no? I'm even using heaven. Earth is even useless. We are the earth. God can change heaven like it, it, Sunday, Sunday cloth. Because heaven is the Sunday's best. Get, heaven is like God wearing suits. Agbada, white. Li, 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 you get me? Earth is where you are want to sleep. <laughs> you have to be <laughs> Don't mind me. I just shaded it. at all. Amen. So, heaven is like God wearing his Sunday best. Yet, after service, he comes home from service. <laughs> he, will, he will change it and fold, fold it up and be done with it. And he can wear, buy a new one. Make a new one. You get me? And heaven is a glorious place. I said it in Canada, it's school of the Spirit. Heaven, heaven is not a small place. Heaven is not, you know, as God, as God they talk him. Nobody so we go, we will, will go talk him. I kid you not, if you make heaven, even with all this your knowledge you have, wow, you'll be wowed. <laughs> you will melt. It's God that, it's God that, it's, <laughs> sorry, there is, but now God they talk him like this. I will change it like God, but you, you don't be talking like that. <laughs> My God, they talk like that. What? Because when you, when you, let's see one angel that lives in that heaven. Revelation chapter 10. Just one angel, one of them that lives in that heaven. Help me read. Verse 1 to 3. Revelation chapter 10. Okay. Revelation 10, 1 to 3. I saw still another mighty angel coming down from heaven, clothed with a cloud, and a rainbow was on his head. His face was like the sun, and his feet like pillars of fire. He had a little book open in his hand, and he set his right foot on the sea, and his left foot on the land. Imagine. And, yeah. One, one angel. So when he landed on earth, he, earth, the land could only take one foot. He had to put the second foot on the sea. <laughs> that is one angel. You know, there are innumerable company of angels. That one is one angel in heaven. And God's talk, he wants to change it like he's changing his garment. Bed sheet. Fold it up like a vesture. Who is God, man? Oh boy, fear God. I kid you not. Fear God. If you notice, men of old, even John, John will see such angels and bow and want to worship. They will say, they will say please. They will say, I beg you in the name of God. <laughs> 
Don't put me in trouble. Don't worship me. Yeah. Don't put me in trouble at all. God is great. So what I don't know who we are. Myself, I want I want to join the angels and say, Who art man that thou art mindful of him? That thou visitest him. Who is this man? Me, if I put one foot in one player, one foot on him, it only covers. <laughs> it's like this. It only covers maybe like this. You get me? <laughs> who, are, who is man that you are? And then God said he wants to now give us the promise for us. He never said the promise was heaven. The promise is eternal life. They call it the hope of eternal life. That is the promise. That is the pursuit. That is the hope of your calling. Calling your profession. So all this labor you are laboring, you are working to inherit eternal life. There is no, there is not another more worthy labor for any man. Men labor for all manners of things. And I kid you not, but you know Jesus also, also was balanced. Jesus said, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. And give to God. Jesus knows that some, if you don't give Caesar his own, <laughs> Caesar will put you in poverty. You get <laughs> so if you don't go to school, that's part of Caesar. You know that strain of going to school, you are giving to Caesar. If you don't work well, excellently, do your job well. You know, those things are part of giving to Caesar. But last, last, you don't work 24 hours a day. And if you are, then you are giving too much to Caesar. So God is saying this, that balance. So the extra time, because after you finish working 9 to 5, you're going to come home and work. Avengers, Marvel Studio, that's another work. And that one is 3 hours. <laughs> That's another work. So God is saying, take that other work out first, reduce it. Instead, replace it with this work. Listen to messages, read your Bible, enjoy the atmosphere of worship. That's you see the space. Because I don't have time. My time is busy. I schedule it tight, 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 tight. The uh, after you finish saying that. Show me your schedule and I'll show you <laughs> your work. <laughs> I'll show you your work. Praise God. Yeah, I'll just tell you my own. This one is for my own. My, it's for me. If it, the way me, I'm, I live my life by priority. That's my secret. I leave everything by priority with God number one. So if anything is beginning to encroach in that space, when I start feeling that the thing is, the space is not there, I say, I'll fight you like a lion. <laughs> I'll bring it down. But one thing I always found is that God is also interested in the affairs of men. When you give God his place, you will find that God will also help you. God will even come down and help you in your own place as well. In those other things you have to do. 
And when you, if you really check God, well, over my years, decade plus plus, working with the Lord, God is very considerate to one of your time. Do you know how I knew? This is how I knew. This is how I knew. In 2012, I had a, an, a very, I had a very, very distinctive encounter with the Lord. 2012, yes. And the, this was, at this time, it was February. It was the month of February, like this. So, it, in the church I attend, uh, RCCG, they do fasting. And so, they're doing morning, every morning. So, I remember the, the pastor had said that, oh, he wakes up at 5 a.m. to pray. So, I say, I want to be like that when I grow up. So, I set my alarm for 5 a.m. to start praying. But it was kind of like a religious exercise at first. So, at this particular morning, the Lord woke me up at 4 a.m. I knew it was the Lord. I knew it was the Holy Ghost. And when I woke up, I saw 4 a.m. My, my alarm clock was right in front of my bed there. So I now told Holy Ghost, Sir, please, it's not 4 a.m., it's 5 a.m. <laughs> Are you still religious? <laughs> Very stupid boy. Religious mind. I said, No, it's 5 a.m. that is the prayer. Don't wake me up now. Don't do it. But that's... <laughs> So at 4.13 a.m., this was just, just an encounter. He woke me up with a loud bang sound on my ear. My, this is my ear here. You know, the kind of sound that when you start, you jump up, not that you get up from bed. Like, within one second, I was standing. That kind of sound. <laughs> I jumped out of my bed and began to pray because first out of fear, he gets me <laughs> It was at 4.13 here, and I began to pray and then prophecy. There's a prophecy that's helped me even to this point in my life. But prophecy began to come out of that. Now, then, fast forward to 2014. There was a day again that he now woke me up around that time to pray. Then I had bought, bought a house, so I was living in a place where I could even go out and walk and do the prayer. So that happened, that was the second time. So after that, I think it was now in 2015, and I was now doing a prayer walk in the evening. And I asked Holy Ghost, why do you like disturbing me <laughs> at 4 a.m.? <laughs> or sometimes I went about walk. He just asked me a very simple question. Should I stop? I said, please, no, I didn't mean it like that. You're just, you're just conversation. Don't be angry. <laughs> That's not, I didn't mean it like that. But anyways, what's my point of what I'm saying? For the past, since that 2012 till now, there's only been three times, three occasions, when the Lord had maybe woken me up early hours in the morning to pray like that, to say something. Are you seeing? He's a considerate God. But when it happens once or twice, ah, ah, is this how my life will be now? Every day, 4 a.m., hey, I don't enter. Oh. You see, if you be suspecting God, oh, He wants to take your whole life. He wants to kill you. He wants to finish you. <laughs> I used to, that was the mind I had. I was like, God, hey, I was afraid. I was like, I had to be serious, I had to be ready because God is going to wake me up every 4 a.m. now to talk to me. No, God is not like that. He's considerate. <laughs> He's very considerate. That's one thing. So you should trust Him. So part of it is trusting Him. You should trust Him. He also knows your own earthly affairs, He knows about that job you are doing. Do you know that many a times, maybe Holy Ghost will come maybe 
try and fellowship with me at work oh. Maybe uh, maybe on my work phone I open my Bible, I have King James, I have Holy Bible, I open it, he will teach me some things. But he'll always leave with a blessing. Maybe that morning I might have been struggling with one assignment at work. By the time I'm done the revelation, because that one is a lower revelation. When higher revelation come, by the time I go back to the work, I was like, this is the thing I've been disturbing myself for this for since morning. Help comes. I think that he's considerate. Praise the name of the Lord. I don't think it's everybody that he would he would do like he does me in terms of ministering to me during work. He had to do that. Somewhere I know the reason why. Because I'm not a full-time minister of the gospel. Even though the way I preach is like full-time. <laughs> in about this in a week. I preach like three or four days a week. It's like full-time. So sometimes God had to train me on how to be flexible even with work. And with the Holy Spirit. So it's not everybody that will be engaged with that. So I have to, uh, the way God arranged my work environment is I, I can also be flexible like that. Praise the name of the Lord. So let me balance it there. Amen. So maybe because of the, my calling, my place. Do you get me? Uh, so I can enable me to walk, be, receive all the fellowship I need for also the ministration as well. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So, where were we? So, we were in Ephesians chapter 4. Praise the name of the Lord. Talking about the work. You see verse 3. Ephesians 4 verse 3. Endeavoring the work of keeping the unity of the Spirit. In the bond of peace. It's a walk. It's a walk. Keeping the unity of the spirit. In the bond of peace. There is one body. So remember as I explained. There are many members in the body. But they all do, when you culminate. All the operations of all the members. It has one purpose. To serve one Lord. And one spirit. Praise the name of the Lord. Should I show you? Later, they said it was when he was giving gifts. He gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Let me show you how he's one. He's the first person you meet as a non-believer is an evangelist. He does not have to have the office. You get me? It means they use they use the role of an evangelist to get you born again. You get me? They now use the role of a pastor to do iron sharpened iron for you. To shepherd your soul, soul and wash out the filth of the body. So the role of a pastor to teacher is the one that manages the should be managing the local the local assembly. Should I see the reason I say should, I say should. <laughs> Nowadays, you can't guarantee some of those things. <laughs> Praise God. But the role of a pastor and a teacher is to do the initial grounding of a saint. So a pastor and a teacher is one who will teach you milk, sincere milk of the word. And shepherd your soul and wash away the filth of the body. Praise God. Then after that, the teacher... Amen. 
will hand you off to an apostle. To an apostle and prophet. You know, those two work hand in hand. Apostle to break open doctrine. Sometimes teachers can do that work if they've understood the apostle well. That was Epaphras. Epaphras was a teacher in the book of Colossians. Paul was the apostle of that church. But Epaphras was teaching them Christ and gave testimony to Paul. Paul will now have to pray for the next level in their spiritual growth. So apostolic work, teach, teaching work. This is all church too. Church is not just the local assembly with the pastor. Church is the fivefold ministry. That's why they call it the ground and the pillar of truth. Pastors, teachers do grounding. Apostles are the ones who make pillars, apostles and prophets. See those pairs, pastor, teacher, grounding. Apostle, prophet, upward movement. Yes. But if you are not in the house, how would they ground you? Evangelist. <laughs> to bring you to the house. So even in the, in the local assembly, there should be evangelistic work. Because there are some people who are coming to the house and not even born again. <laughs> so you see a lot of the time, Daddy Gio is one perfect example. Who is a pastor, but also does evangelistic work. Every crusade, you see him do altar call. And spend time. You'll never forget it. You know, some pastors will preach and preach and forget. He, that Gio will never... I've never seen him forget altar call. Because he knows that everybody there that is teaching, it's not everybody there that is, that is teaching, that is hearing what he's saying, that one wants to, that, that they, are, they are gone for what he's saying. <laughs> so it's like he's doing two services. One for people that he needs to pastor. And then later on for people that, so that's why, during the service, while he's pastoring and teaching, he's choking in word of knowledge by the Spirit, to help those. That's also part of the service for the unsaved. Help them believe. So by the time altar call comes, their heart is ready to come and receive Jesus. God, had, God anointed that man with skill. He's a daddy. <laughs> in that dimension. Seriously, he's a father in that dimension. Skill. I want his ministration. Skillful. He's a pastor. A pastor of pastors. But also is an evangelist. He has that thing. He loves that thing. Right now, right now, he's doing crusades in Nigeria. You know. Nigeria, he, he invited, I think, Bishop Redipo, Dunamis Enichi, a number of them, so, uh, Jerry Eze, some of them, they are doing uh, uh, crusades in uh, in different parts of the, in, all over the country. It's called uh, Reach for Christ. I don't know if someone, maybe I'm, I'm correct. Read for Christ. You can tell his passion is there. Praise God. So are you seeing one body? It is one body. Praise God. So if I don't play my role, maybe he may be a teacher. Maybe. Or maybe because maybe God cannot find somebody, a, you know, a proper apostle. Now use a, you know, not full good apostle. <laughs> They have managed me to use that try and do doctrine for building people. But if everybody says they want to be a pastor and teacher and evangelist, the church will not grow. 
the people will not grow. And growing, if five people are growing, God is satisfied. Because five people are growing. The others, they are being washed. You know, they are still, still iron sharpened iron. They are still loving God. They are still there. They are in the base. It's like a mountain. I you saying mountain is larger at the base than at the top? That was Mount Zion. Uh-huh. So at the base of a mountain, you will see great multitudes. But how many people follow Jesus up the mountain? We read this recently. Only his disciples. Let's go back and see that witness. Uh, that was Matthew chapter 4. The last two verses, Iyanu. And then chapter 1, the first verse. Okay. Thank you. Matthew chapter 4. 24 and 25. Sure. Then his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments, and those who were demon-possessed, epileptics, and paralytics, and he healed them. Great multitudes followed him from Galilee and from Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and beyond the Jordan. Mm-hmm. What was the other one? Chapter, Chapter 5, one? verse 1. Oh, 5, okay. Mm-hmm. And seeing the multitudes, he went up on a mountain, mm-hmm. and when he was seated, his disciples came to him. Came unto him. So, well, seeing the multitudes, they were at the base. At the, at the valley, veils of the mountain. He went up into the mountain. And not the multitude. See the clarity of difference. Not the multitude followed him. His disciples followed him. So it means he went up there to do an apostolic walk. <laughs> then later he now came back down. Let's see chapter... So chapter 5 was in apostolic work and prophetic work also. Those two are needful because apostolic work is doctrine. Prophetic work is ah, prophetic work is deep. Let me not even go there. Yes. So from chapter 5, you're in apostolic work. Chapter 6, apostolic work. Teaching and teaching and teaching and teaching. Because these teachings are just not just teaching. It took the whole Paul epistles to un- un- unveil them. So Jesus was doing apostolic work, not teaching work. <laughs> because an apostle is also a teacher. But what is teaching, you don't understand it. Even though you think you understand it. It will take a teacher to now break it down for you. So, chapter 6, chapter 7, chapter 8, he was teaching. This is, these are long chapters. It means he was teaching for a long time. How I the one those those multitudes would have been hungry, and so they were wondering where is this man that we came to see. <laughs> Instead of them, you know, sometimes people are foolish. The person you came to see, they, they didn't just come from Jerusalem; they came from Greece. You come all the way, you take boat, come to Israel. You go on to see Jesus. You now see the Jesus because of one mountain. You don't go. What is? Are you saying foolishness? So all the boats you've been taking is that not journey? Because he went up the mountain, you know, he stayed, he said, let me stay here and wait for him to come back down. No, man. That's blindness somewhere. <laughs> so, uh, when did he come back down? Chapter, chapter, eight. chapter eight. 8. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Read verse 1. Okay. When he had come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. 
and behold, a leper came and worshipped worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing. He, he cleansed. Immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Perfect. Praise God. So you see, he still went ahead. Jesus was the fivefold ministry the fivefold ministry personified. And even higher. Yeah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, so, what was I confirming? One body, one spirit. You get me? They have diversity of operations, but they are serving one purpose to build us up as a holy temple. I see it's upward. First to ground you. Because in order for you to build a building, you must first root it. Do you get me? First to ground you, to root you. Then they will now build you up. As a holy temple in the Lord. So, one body, one spirit, even as you are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all, and in you all. Whenever they use the word one, it doesn't mean one person. Just remember that. When they use the word one, it doesn't mean one person, like one flesh, one individual entity. It could be several entities serving one purpose. Then they are one. If a couple of people are serving the same purpose and not serving any other purpose at all forever, then they are one. That's one entity. They are one person. Praise the name of the Lord. Are we blessed in the house? Thank you so much. Bless God. So one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. But unto every one of us is giving grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive. He led, that's what we taught that yesterday in the fellowship. He led captivity captive. That the reason why he freed you from captivity is for you to become his captive. There is no freedom anywhere. <laughs> you cannot be free by yourself. Evil spirits will help you with your freedom. They will help assist you to be free. They'll be the one controlling you and be clapping for you. You are free. Say you are free. Say you are free. <laughs> but they are happy you. <laughs> Praise God. He led captivity captive. Why? There's something about soul. A soul of a man was not designed to be by itself. It was created in fear. It was created to pick thoughts. Pick thoughts from spirits and do it. Are you saying that? You just know, if you are sincere with yourself, that's how you are. You can't manufacture one single thought for yourself. You pick it from somewhere. And as long as you are able, you cannot control how you pick thoughts. It means that you are helpless somewhere. And what does that mean? You are a captive somewhere. You are a slave somewhere. You are a captive somewhere. So there is no freedom. In thoughts, in the spirit. Except you can make your own thoughts and nobody can. So you have to buy thoughts from somebody and let the thoughts captivate you. 
So that word captive, captivate. You know, captivity is not only a negative thing. You know that when we use the word, you have captured my heart. We don't sing it as a bad thing. When you say, oh, this person has captivated me. It's almost like, you know, like a boy. Maybe a boy you know, getting a girl. This, this guy has captivated me. Where's, what's the root word of captivated? It's captive. It means the boy not capture you, right? <laughs> I like, don't know what you are saying. Say the boy, I don't capture you, don't captive you. You can see. <laughs> so captivity is not is not necessarily a negative thing. If it's with the right person. Oh my god. And we are always in some form of captivity or the other. As long as it's the right person, is the good captivity. I.e. Jesus. Where it was said of him in James chapter 5, 11, concerning the Lord. It says, Consider Job, who has seen the end of the Lord, that he is pitiful and of tender mercy. That's the kind of being you should be captive to. Praise God. So, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now, he that ascended, what is, what is it but that he also descended first? This, this verse is powerful, it's loaded. You don't know, this verse is resurrection inside. Now, he that ascended, what is it that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He descended first then ascended. It means that from hell to heaven, there is nothing that can be hid from his sight. It means there is nothing he cannot deliver you from. Resurrection. He prevailed beneath, he prevailed above. Prevailing everywhere. He went to hell. From the cross. The destination hell. I, when he was at the cross, somewhere I feel it, if he can ask, if he can tap his mind, he wasn't really afraid of that cross or dying here. He was afraid of where he was going after he left it there. After he, after he gave up the ghost. Do you know what the Bible says? And he gave up the ghost. That was what he was afraid of. Where that ghost that he's giving up is going. That was his problem. Man couldn't do anything to him now. So easily forgive them. He didn't say of Satan, forgive him, for he knows what he's doing. Satan knows what he's doing. <laughs> but he said concerning men, men don't affect Jesus. I kid you not. He said concerning the men, forgive them, for they know no, no, that's not they are not my problem. You know, for you to forgive somebody, you are higher. Yeah, you can't forgive someone that you are still having problem with. What they are doing is you know you are higher, you are taking the higher ground. Say, what can man do to me? They couldn't do anything to him now. He gave himself to them. In John, John 18, when they came to arrest him, they all fell first. He's the one who now donated himself. They, couldn't, they can't do anything to him. Say, forgive them, for they know not what they are doing. Is, the, is their father the devil? That's the problem. So that's what he, what he was afraid of. Thou shalt not leave my soul to die in hell. That's his fear. That was what he was afraid of. 
<laughs> going down there. That was his own fear. But he went down there and he prevailed for us. That we will no longer be subject again to the bondage of the fear of death. He went and faced the fear and beat it. I don't know what Jesus... Man cannot forget men. Men are useless. They can't do anything, man. Why, why people are afraid of men doing things to them to kill them? It's not because of the man killing them per se. Somewhere, we're afraid of death. It's called the bondage of the fear of death. So we begin to do evil to avoid the bondage of the fear of death. So what Jesus did was that tell, teaching you that you can overcome death. You can beat death. So you don't have to be doing evil to escape death. <laughs> why, why do people steal? Most of the things, most of these you know, dirty habits people do steal, you know, malice, anger, backbite. All those things are coming from fear of death. Should I show you? Why? Why is it? It's because, okay, for example, why would they, so, if someone steal? They don't have money. They are afraid that they won't have money tomorrow. No faith concerning money tomorrow. Concerning provision tomorrow. So what are they afraid of? That when there's no money, then there's poverty. But it's not really poverty they're afraid of. It's that when there's poverty, hunger. And what does hunger t- tell you about? That if you stay hungry, you will die. So really, the problem is the death. Yes. The real problem is that fear of death. So because of the fear of death, they've already done the correlation. Poverty leads to death. And no money leads to poverty. So I have to steal in order to have money. So I will not be poor. And then so I will not die. That's it. Mind has calculated the thing. <laughs> and then so because of that, I have to cheat to get ahead at work. I have to do this backbite. I have to do this. I have to, do my, I have to take care of myself. Be selfish. Are you seeing that? All those things. Why you overplan for yourself? Why are you overplanning for yourself? Is because of fear of death. So Jesus said, okay, let me go to the where they manufacture the death. Let me go there. And he went there and he prevailed for us. I see resurrection. So sometimes when God wants to resurrect his soul, you know, you can, I, you can, I can be talking to you and I'm resurrected. You know, it's possible. Because resurrection can be in thoughts. When God wants to resurrect his soul, when you go through the process of forbearance, long-suffering is for resurrection. When you face things and you are not dying, you now realize that, ah, I was afraid of this thing, I would die. So you now face it and think nothing, nothing happened to you. What happens? You beat that fear. The fear has gone. The fear has gone. That's how you beat Satan. You turn to fearlessness. For perfect love casted out all fear. For there is no fear in love. But that's perfect love. That's, that's when the height. It starts with faith. Before it gets to love. Fear is the opposite. Faith is the opposite of fear. When you are believing God, you will not be cutting corners. You will not be stealing. That boy I went to steal, he probably had money for today. Maybe he was thinking next week he won't have money. And he did not have faith to believe God that provision will come between now and next week. So he went to go and steal. 
It's faith. <laughs> Lack of faith. I'm not sure if I'm blessing anybody today. Spirit has taken over this meeting. It's not me. Praise God. Amen. Power of resurrection. If you want that power to be at work in you, you have to overcome fear. You have to be ready to go through what it takes to overcome your fears. And give yourself to God. As is, as a lawful captive to him. Let him take you through whatever he is, wherever he goeth. You know what the Bible says? We follow him whithersoever he goeth. And in order to do that, you must be fearless. Because sometimes, you you know sometimes, maybe, I will know it from leading people, shepherding a few people. <laughs> when you go through some rough patches, they, you know, so, uh, Pastor James, Pastor James, how are you, sir? I'm fine. <laughs> I just want to check. Are, are we okay? This please, don't, you know, this, sir, maybe we need to do this. We can't really do that. It's because of fear. <laughs> Because as a shepherd, we have just encountered maybe some, you know, maybe, so let me use for example in Nigeria, where you go to the north, you know, there are some good pasture and there are some barren, desolate pasture. Do you get me? And on the, maybe on the journey to the south, you have to pass through some desolate land to get to greener pasture. So maybe at that season, we're going through the dry, yellow, des- this desert land. And people begin to knock on your door. Sir, are we okay? Are we alright? Is life good? <laughs> so that's the same way when you say you want to follow Jesus without wherever you go it. By nature, following a shepherd means you will pass through some desert lands and route to the good land. That's how it is. That was Moses too and the children of Israel in the wilderness. And route to the good land, you will pass through some desert lands. And at that point in time, that's how we now know if when you were saying, I will follow you. Ah, Pastor James, yeah. We go, we die here till we die. It's a lie. Oh. <laughs> we don't die. I mean, we don't die. We don't die at all. <laughs> Once the days are here, they were saying that when we're still a little bit of, we're drinking water. Did you get me? There was some green leaf. In everywhere they were seeing, they were seeing, they were seeing, they were seeing when they see fire, you know, so that you see fire, you don't see green. You don't see the whole road is green. <laughs> so it's a promise it is. <laughs> I will follow you to the end. Everywhere you go, your people shall be my people. Your God shall be my God. It's a lie. Until desert heat. Ah, the people will start mumbling. mumbling. Ah, da, 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 da. Where is it? That's the same way you follow. So when you say, yeah, he is captive, you follow him wheresoever he goeth. Don't grumble when you people pass through the desert land. And the only thing that will make you not grumble is because you also have resurrection power working in you. It means you are ready to die. We die here. That's a high thought. It's a resurrection thought. <laughs> and the man you are following is the first person that did it. He actually died and went to the worst of the worst of the deserts, the driest of lands, and prevailed there, beat it and bound him, took the keys of hell and death, and winning the wisdom of how to break him with him. So you are following a shepherd. Who, while you are in the desert, there is no better person to be with in the desert than Jesus.
It's in deserts that you find out who was really a shepherd and a wolf. Remember Jesus said in John chapter 10. Let's go and read John chapter 10. Let us enjoy that gist. <laughs> That's where you find out. <laughs> so when, when people have said that I'm able to journey with them through desert, I will come out together. You should know that God is doing something here. God is raising, God is developing a faithful man, a faithful place, a faithful platform, a faithful arrangement that is that can stand the test of time in season and out of season. So the evidence that once we are going through desert with a shepherd and the shepherd is there with you, doesn't mean that, you know, people say, oh, maybe this place is dry, let's go and find where there is greener pasture. It doesn't mean there's something wrong. It actually means that watch that man. Watch that shepherd. It means that is a faithful man. That guy won't run away when the desert actually comes. Like the green pasture you are running to. They are just in their green pasture. Right now. <laughs> a time will come when they also enter a desert. They will now see reaction. Let's see John chapter 10. From verse 1. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, or climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name, and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his hmm. voice. Yet, they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Mm. How, how, how do you, sorry, just pause, how do you tell voice of strangers? Doctrine. That's the voice. Our voice is our doctrine. Yes. That's how you tell voice of strangers. Voice. You know, when... Adam heard the voice. They said he heard, he heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden. Just the voice. It means voice is leading. Meaning voice, get where they go. Do you see that? So when you, for example, some of my people will tell, can know my voice. There's somebody, they won't call me the nickname Brother James of Life, Pastor James of Life. Or they call me Eternal Life. <laughs> because by you know, by what, what I'm painting, I'm painting the direction of life, everlasting life, eternal life. That is my voice. He said, that has become my voice, if you hear me well. It has become my voice. So they will not listen to the voice of a stranger. So how would you tell a stranger? A stranger will be pointing another end, another purpose for you. That is not ending in eternal, another hope that most times ends in this world. A stranger is one who can paint kingdom of God and make it look like the world. You gaining the world. That is the voice of a stranger. <laughs> so how do you tell the how you tell the voice of a the shepherd or a stranger is direction? Where the end of the voice is going? Where is the voice pointing you to? Our voice, my voice points you to eternal life. The end. From life, everlasting life, eternal life. So a voice of a stranger will point you to everything else but eternal life. 
think I've helped somebody. Because people would just say, uh, 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 you know, it would uh, your voice. So what is and how do I know his voice? It's not just by him speaking audibly. You can tell his voice by manner, doctrine. Yeah. Praise God. Keep keep going. Um, verse 5, sorry, verse 6. Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand the things which he spoke to them. Then Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. Mm -hmm. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and it may have it more abundantly. Wonderful. I oh. Okay, so pause. Okay, wait. Oh, that's 10. Okay, keep going. Keep going. One, okay. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Hmm. For the hireling, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, this the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. <laughs> they pick race. <laughs> so which kind of man should you trust more? One who everything is green, everything is double-double, or one who can stay with you in a desert? <laughs> a, it will take a spiritual man to discern these things. But by face value, most people say, ah, there's nothing here, oh. Nothing is going on here. They are no something must be wrong. We need to find somewhere else. Well, any someone is spiritual, I say, ah, when my life when the when when push comes to shove, when my life is in danger, which of the two <laughs> will run away? Or which of them will stay with me? <laughs> and it's clear. Because a good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep, even in the desert. In fact, that's where he proves it. That's where he proves it. Praise God. Amen. Verse 13 says, The hireling filiate because he is an hireling, and careth not for the sheep. But you will never know in the realm of waters and green pastures. Because it feels as though the hiring cares as much as the shepherd. Why? Because they are green. There's money everywhere. There's enough water to go around. Everybody's being fed. So he is feeding himself and feeding you. But when you enter desert and there's not enough to go around, <laughs> why would he pick where are they going away? Because he knows that there's not enough to go around and he doesn't care for you as much. Are you saying that? So he will go and find his own. He will take it. He will take what you got, everybody has and find his own. So really, how you train and test and detect a heart of a true shepherd is in the season of desert. Is in a dry time. Praise God. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's back to Ephesians chapter 4 so we can make progress. Amen. <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. So we're in verse, verse 9. Now he that ascended 
what is it but he that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens, that he might fill all things. And he gave some apostles, and some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors, and teachers, for the perfecting of the saints. For the perfecting of the saints. For the perfecting of the saints. For the work of the ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ. So is a journey. Perfecting of the saints. Work of the ministry. Edifying of the body of Christ. Till verse 13. Till we all come in the unity of the faith. It means the labor is to bring. Listen, that was, we read the first three verses of chapter 4. The labor is to endeavor to bring us into unity of the faith. And that's just the labor in Christ. Unity. That's why when you see Mount Zion, Mount Zion is the emblem of Christ's training. For I lay in Zion, said the Lord. Isaiah 28 verse 16. For behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation, a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. It means that, so Zion, See that mountain, Zion, is Christ. Or where you learn Christ, you journey in Christ, is Mount Zion. And the base of the mountain is wider than the tip of the mountain. Why? The tip of the mountain is one. That's where you attain unity of the faith. Ah, thank you, Jesus. Are you seeing that? Is a is symbolic of oneness. Is a more narrow than the base. So it means that if we are not fouled, if we are not aligned at the tip, so people will fall off. <laughs> there is not enough. There is no space for disalignment. There is no space for scattering. There is not too much space for diversity <laughs> at that tip. <laughs> there, so there is a unity. There is an intention that is intentional. As you are coming up, you are becoming one. Praise the name of the Lord. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So everybody at that tip is a Christ, is a full Christ. That's one now. If you are a full Christ, I'm a full Christ, you are a full Christ, everybody is a full Christ, we are one. It's a oneness, it's a unity. In the dimension of Christ, there's also a, there's also a unity in the dimension of God, they just call it only. <laughs> they don't call it unity anymore, they just call it only. But in Christ, the whole unity of the faith. One faith. Unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Now, that we henceforth, all these things that we say, of all this development, is one evidence you will find. This is how you will know, really. One of the measures of your growth. Verse 14. That we henceforth be no more children. What's the evidence of a child? Tossed to and fro. 
and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in how many things? In all things. Oh, glory to God. I love, I love this scripture, man. I, I, I think maybe we won't be able to finish this thing, just this thing we just touch here. So we don't worry, we can continue next week. We just hit something, man. It's like we hit the beginning of next week's message. <laughs> As I'm just talking it, see, some things are opening. I say, no, 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 no. I'm looking at time. No, we can't. No. <laughs> we can't. Praise God. Jesus, thank you. That we henceforth, it means, so the learning of Christ is to mature you. To grow you beyond being children. And one of the biggest signs, if you, one of the simplest, this, in fact, this is a practical way to know that you are growing. This is a very practical way to know you are growing. Are you still being tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine? As I, when I pray for people, I pray that your heart will settle on this mountain. That prayer is a very powerful prayer. Because if your heart has not settled on this mountain, it means you are still being, you are considering, you get me, you are still being tossed to and fro. For example, I just even used something elementary with hope of your calling. If you didn't believe what I have said and you are still saying, wanting to balance it, you are still being what? Tossed to and fro. Was it not evident that Hebrews chapter 1? It changed the heavens and the earth like a cloth, Sunday cloth. But yet, who remains it? God. Who lives forever? God. Then it now says in 1 John chapter 5, verse 19, that, is, that we know, and we know that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding that we may know Him. Who is true? And we are in him who is true. Is the one true God. They get in his son who is they call him the one true God and eternal life. That's the one that remains. So eternal life is higher than the heavens. And that is the hope of your calling. So if that thing, that statement alone, very clear statement, has not settled as a truth in your soul, it means what is happening? You are still a baby, you are still a child, you are still tossed. To and fro. Praise the name of the Lord. So one thing that doctrine of Christ will do to you over time. It will give you a settlement of heart on this mountain. Because do you know what the end point is? Faithfulness. You know as the shepherd is faithful. What does faithfulness mean? He he does he's not going anywhere. He's not leaving his sheep. Now here I did, I did. Amen. For anyone who wants to be a true shepherd, that's the same thing. He says, this boy, <laughs> I've seen things. Is that training? They gave me baptism of fire training in faithfulness. <laughs> Training to stay when nobody, everybody else is leaving. That's the training they gave me. 
People are saying, I oh, know we have today's better things and they will be prospering as they are living. But God will train have to train me to stay when everybody is going. That is serious training. That is faithfulness. Because faithfulness is everlasting life. <laughs> and faithfulness is not a mount. And faithfulness is not that I go to I've been working in a job for ten years. Assuming you are there because they are paying you. Faithfulness is when they are not paying you again. Are you still there? When you enter desert and there's no more water. I serve a very big God, oh. He is always on my side. A very big God, oh. By my side, by my side. You know? <laughs> when he's not feeling so, are you still staying? Are you still there? That is faithfulness. To be able to sing, I serve a very big God. And it does not feel as though it's big at all. Right there in your current situation. That is the training of faithfulness. For you to be there and not even think that there's something wrong with God. You know, people are saying, God, there's something wrong. Do you hate me? Is there, is there something I did? Okay, that is, you know, you can check that, but... No. <laughs> it's a training. In the realm of Christ's everlasting life, it's not necessarily anything that you did. It's a training. Of faithfulness. That the trial of your faith, being much more precious than God that perisheth, not so. Or that the trial of your faith worketh patience. Let patience have her perfect work in you. That you may be what? Perfect and entire. Wanting nothing. A strong man is a man who wants nothing. You know, they did not say needing nothing. You have need, then there's want. And we mix it up. When you go through training of Christ, they will help you define it. <laughs> Excuse me. If you go to Egypt, you go to desert, and you have kettle of water, and you fill the kettle of water, you don't know if you get water for the next five kilometers. Am I not idiot me? You will now know how much water you actually need to survive in a day. You know the scientists in this part of the world has told us six liters. I don't know how many liters. Some people have that joke. <laughs> I want two liters. Eh? I don't say it's a bad thing though. Some people have that joke. And the way they were holding the jug, as though so religiously, they don't drink those two liters, although they're going to die. They're not going to die. Oh. It's just <laughs> it's just optimal. Do you get me? <laughs> The only way you will find out the amount of the actual amount of water you need to survive is when you actually go to the desert. I don't know when extra time will come. Sorry, am I too harsh? Sorry, please. <laughs> you want to be baptized in the baptism where we shall be baptized? <laughs> Are you sure? You, you will not be able to, you know, judgment, you, are, you will not, they say measure it, they call it measure it. They're going to do it by measure, line upon line, in the realm of judgment. You will not be able to measure accurately the sip of water you need per day. <laughs> very accurately, very accurately. You will not be able to differentiate those things that were lost and want and not needs. It's true training. It's true training. And now God is not good. God will still bring all those things. They will still follow you. 
I'm a, I'm a living testimony. All those things, just that it won't meet your deadline. That's the only problem. <laughs> That's just the only problem. <laughs> Why? Because now your deadline is coming from fear. I will die if you don't meet it. February 15, 2022. God, if you don't bring this money, you know how they'll kick me out of school. I will die. I will make it. And many of our folks say we have this, we've had some of these trainings. That's why people with school. Sometimes when the, some people will come and tell me they are gist, I say, Kai, even this God, this one I want to see. That's when you know that all my all my favorite scripture is not David's scripture. It says, I was young, now I'm old. Yet I was yet to see the Lord for the righteous forsaken you know, I I am a testifier of that. I kid you not. By the time I see many of the folks who have gone through school fees, you know, school fees is a major thing. And being an international student, not having student loans is a major problem, major weight. So all many of them, all manners of, you know, challenges. So there are some of them, I just tell God, I say, God, this one, I don't think you can do this one. <laughs> they are being honest. <laughs> I don't know, I don't think... <laughs> They think it looks like it's an impossible matter. It looks like there's, there's no way out. There's nothing. They've tried every means. They've tried every buzzer application. They've tried everything. Nothing. But the funniest thing, till today, not one person has dropped out of school. Everybody is finishing. Everybody somehow provision somehow. And it's not just that. It's somehow help comes. People gather together. Things with this. Help is always coming at the hour. Sometimes most times it's the eleventh hour. But still, even if it's 11.59, God still will still show up. <laughs> God has never, God has never, not even one time. And it, it happens every semester. I get the stories every semester. So by August, September, I read, I'm expecting stories. And this is before Believer's Convention. So if you get the, the context. <laughs> by December, November, December, January, I'm expecting stories. And they, they, don't, they, they don't disappoint. They come. <laughs> So, so ah, this one, I'll now say, God, no, 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 this one, ah, no, God, this one. <laughs> I'm sure this person will miss one year of school because of this situation. But God will show up. Nobody will miss anything. Help will come. It makes me begin to understand that really, really, there's difference between needs and wants. And God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. God is not a liar. So what makes us cry sometimes is not really need, is want. That's what makes us cry. It's not really need, it's a want. Because God has supplied all your needs. And he will, and you have to stand in faith on that. Yes. And you can hold him to tax for that. Whether you are in long suffering, everlasting life, Christ, whatever you are, you still can you must hold him to tax on that one. He must supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. Praise God. But what he wants to save us from is from the strongholds of lusts and wants. That's what he wants to deliver us from, so that we are stronger. We are stronger followers. We'll be more faithful. Do you know, there are only two things that can move you away 
when you have journeyed further, I'm not talking when you are still a baby. When you are a baby, all manners of doctrine you are tossed to and fro. But when you are when you are a son, there are still only two things that can move you away from God. One is called this world, the mass. <laughs> when Paul said, "For Demas has forsaken me, for he has loved this present world." Demas was not, not a small boy. If you read in other verses of cha- book of chapter, Demas and Luke were very close friends. Luke, Luke was the writer of the book of Luke. Should I prove it to you? Let's see it. Let's see. If it, this is Philippians chapter four. Let's see that witness. Is it? No, section. Oh, Colossians chapter four. Colossians, very Colossians, the end of Colossians, I think. It's, um, so there's two. It's Colossians 4, verse 14. Okay. And there's also Philemon 1, 24. Aha, wonderful. Okay, awesome. You can read any of them. Okay, so I'll read Colossians 4, 14. Uh, Look, the beloved physician and Demas greets you. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Salute the prayer which I... So you see, they were together. Yeah. So it means that Demas was not just a child tossed to and fro by wind of doctrine. Demas was a mature boy in Christ, a Christ essentially, who has not perfected it, who was still a lover of this world. He had been learning from Paul, doctrine of Christ for years, along with Luke and all those people who were following Paul. What happened to him? As a son of the living God, he loved this present world. <laughs> And departed. That is iniquity. Iniquity is to depart from the living God. They call it an evil heart in departing from the living God. Are you seeing? Are you seeing? So, what's the opposite of departing? Faithfulness. So, God's call is for faithfulness. But in order to get to faithfulness, we must first rest on this mountain. Not being tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine, the slight of man. What doctrine are we talking that you should rest on? Christ. Christ alone. The doctrine of Christ. The teachings of the person of Christ. Who is Christ, the Son of the living God. Am I communicating? Christ, the Son. So Christ's life, Son of the living God, everlasting life. Those the doctrine you must rest on. That will carry you into eternal life. Praise God. You mustn't be tossed to and fro by anything else. So your heart must be. What's the word? Faithful. Committed. Um, attached. Um. Somebody help me. Is it what? Is it cleaved to cleaved? Yes. To this mountain. To this doctrine of Christ. Sorry, have I I hope I'm I'm not offending anybody. 
Chris called. I'm sorry. Amen. Praise God. Because this is true. This is salvation. This can save you. How do I know it? You know, some people don't. The reason why I'm saying that is that some people don't. I'm not saying it's me. I'm the only person that will teach doctrine of Christ. That is correct, that one. <laughs> Praise God. There's people who have a special thing. You know, another. No, no, no. If you find somebody else that can teach it the way I teach it, or the way we teach it, fine, no problem. But bring, let them, let us know so we can let you know whether the person is actually teaching it. But it's, it's not, it's not that we own, I don't, we don't own some proprietorship of Bible. It's God who wrote the Bible. God just by mercy gave us understanding of it. To see the pathways in Christ, in life, everlasting life, eternal life. Let's see, um, Second John. Amen. I told you, Spirit has taken over this meeting. They are taking us through this part. Let's see from verse 2 John from verse 8 uh, from verse 8 to yes. Okay. 2 John from verse 8 to 10 to 11. Jesus. Okay. Look to yourselves what we look to yourselves that we do not lose those things we worked for but that we may receive a full reward. Whoever transgresses and does not abide in the doctrine of Christ does not have God. He who abides in the doctrine of Christ has both the Father and the Son. Mm. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this doctrine, do not receive him into your house nor greet him. For he who greets him shares in his evil deeds. In his evil deeds. I say evil is iniquity. It means what does the person want to do? He wants to bring the seed of departing. To the house, to the brethren. So John was too harsh, but actually he wasn't. It was his love. You know, when you are in love, when you love a people, you you have to be brutal to save them from a wolf. At this dimension, I was speaking to people who are journeyed far in Christ. They should be finishing doctrine. So don't lose what you have. You see how we started, because the first verse one, the elder. Is a father talking, meaning I have everlasting life. So John at this dimension was someone who had everlasting life, a father talking to the elect lady. I have everlasting life until the elect lady, meaning to the church and our children. It's even the language of fathers. <laughs> it's everlasting life talk, right? The elder, elect lady. You know, just call them the church at Ephesus or the church at this. He call it elect lady and her children. Who are you talking? I don't understand. <laughs> that was a father talking. And the fa- and the father loves his children. Out of love, he told them he knew the only thing that can stop you from getting God at this point is iniquity. Somebody who will come and sow a seed that will cause you to depart from the living God is evil. That's why if I will say six things the Lord hates, the seventh is an abomination. What's the seventh? He that sweat discord among brethren. What's, why, why do they want to sow discord? The seed of discord is to break. Are you saying? To cause a brethren to depart. It's for departure. So to cause offense in, in the, uh, to, so that departure can begin. Praise God. 
So it means that that one is evil. So what we call evil is not necessarily look like evil. <laughs> See how we're just arguing now. No, you're not arguing. You are, there's an intention behind that argument. You want to separate people from committing to God. That's it. I know, yeah, you have to balance it. Don't be too spiritual. Those people, at least, maybe go, maybe listen once a month. You know, they teach for long. Get me? Just, that's just a side thing. Don't really take it too seriously. You know, that balancing you is to help you. <laughs> it's evil. May God help us to see evil when it comes. It's not easy to detect evil. Evil is not what we normally call evil. Evil is high. May God help us. Give us eyes to see evil. In the name of Jesus. I pray for each and every one of us that no evil eye shall see us. Amen. The Lord will deliver us from evil. Amen. The Lord will keep us from evil. The Lord will help us to see evil from when he commits. In the name of Jesus. That though evil will come in one way, we flee in seven directions in the name of Jesus. Amen. That concerning everyone who is under the sound of my voice, Right now, in the name of Jesus, you are covered, you are protected, you are Amen. kept, you are preserved. Amen. The Lord will keep Amen. you. The Lord will watch over you. You're going out and you're coming in. Amen. Evil shall not come near your dwelling. You'll be protected. Yes, in the name of Jesus. The Lord will cause you to detect any evil. That you will matashi palato mehisa, a palatombe ketei, sakalata, enveto palisheteberios, afadi gasaya. I pray for somebody here. In the name of Jesus, you will finish your cause. Whatever Satan is concocting to move you out of the way, wherever it may be, the Lord will expose it. The Lord will kill it. The Lord will help you to be an abider. The Lord will cause in you the spirit of faithfulness. In the midst of uh, a cascading circumstance, it may seem as though, oh, no, 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 let me drop this thing. It will just be easier. No, the Lord will empower you with so much faith to hold on to the faith. To keep the faith, to keep the doctrine, to stay faithful on Christ, unfaithful on Christ, faithful on Christ, abiding on Christ, to stay faithful to the path of righteousness in the name of Jesus. The Lord will cover you, the Lord will preserve you, the Lord will protect you and all that concerns you. You will have a glorious week ahead of you. This week shall be the best week ever for you in the name of Jesus because mercy is coming, because visitation will visit you in the mighty name of Jesus. The Lord will deliver you from all your enemies and them that hate you in the mighty name of Jesus. The Lord will raise you up in knowledge and understanding above your enemies you will have sight you will no longer be a child you will no longer be a baby you will know the hope of your calling you will no longer be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine because stability is coming your way faithfulness is coming your way ability to stay ability to abide ability to rest ability to pass through the desert and stay ability to come out onto green pastures and stay ability to abase ability to abound so shall it be concerning all of you in the mighty name of Jesus nothing shall take you out of my hands, saith the Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Father, we thank you for this evening. We give you praise. Thank you for how you have helped us 
even today. Thank you for the atmospheres, the spirits that even came upon this meeting today that just took us through another trajectory entirely. Our Father, we bless your name. Thank you for blessing us. Thank you for blessing the house. Thank you for blessing us. We adore you. We exalt you. We glorify your name. You will continue to bless us, oh my Father. Wherever, whatever we may be doing, cause us, you cause us to be excited in righteousness, to move from glory to glory. You cause us to come into understandings our understandings that will cause us to bet bet faithfulness, to bet faithful a faithful walk with you, a faithful walk in this journey. We'll go from life, we'll go to everlasting life, we'll go to eternal life. Nothing will hinder us. For those of us who still are seeking understanding, are in need of more knowledge, Father, you show us mercy. Even as we go into this week, in the name of Jesus, you cause us to tap into messages as we begin to connect to maybe our services, connect to EGFM, connect to wherever stream we are being blessed by Father blessing and understanding will begin to rest turn around will happen in our lives sinking will come understanding it will sink deep it will go for precept must be upon precept I say precept must be upon precept and line upon line and line upon line and so shall I build these people I will build them up I will build them up said the Lord. I will build them up. I will build them. I'm building my temple again. I'm building my temple again. I'm building my temple again. I will build them. I will build them. I will build them myself. Even by your mouth. I will build them. I will build them. I will build them. I will build them. Said the Spirit. Thank you, my Father. We give you praise. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. 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 Thank you, everyone, for joining again. Does anyone have any questions? Uh, Hi, Tolu. Oh, I, I was, sir. I just said amen. Amen. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Also, any questions? Uh, Hi, Dami. God bless you. Thank you for joining us. Um, Hi. Hey. Happy to hear hear the sound of your voice. Yes. Uh, praise God. Amen. Um, I hope you are doing good. Everything is okay. Yes. yes thank God. Okay. Thank yes. God. You are scaling through. I, I see an end to uh, your program. Has it not already ended? Or there's an end at sight by the grace of God. Yes. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank God for that. Thank God for that. I know it has been a it has been a a journey, but the Lord is the Lord is, is prevailing. On your behalf, Amen. in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You are blessed. You dwell between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwell between the cherubim, shine forth. You.